tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired, where uh, we're a little bit less tired than usual, or at least I am. I'm Christina Warren, joined as always by my good friends. All three of us are back together again: Jeff Severance Gunzel and Brett Terpstra. Woo! Gang's back together. I just honked. You honked. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Did, Jeff, did you get a chance to listen to the Marchin episode? Not yet. No. Damn, it was good. Damn, it was, it was real good. good. Um, okay. And uh, his book has now, since we recorded it, has become the second most popular um, nonfiction book uh, ever on Kickstarter. But he has set a, another stretch goal. Uh, so I think you have until like March 9th to back the book if you're interested. And the, the third stretch goal is he'll make the, the custom font option even better. And the, the third kind of book thing that he's uh, putting together will be in color rather than black and white. So if people are, are uh, if they liked what, what Martian had to say in our last episode, and if you're interested in the history of keyboards, you still got like another two weeks or so, I think, to back that book. We didn't get into it on the show, but he. this is a designer who um, the underlines that you see on Medium, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, they're like perfectly uh, aligned underneath and yes. they break for descenders on, on lowercase fonts. Yep. Um, like he developed an entire system to use background images to create underlines because like the CSS underline property sucks for it and uh using border bottom is inaccurate so he like created he he's so detailed he's he's a, a perfectionist and he wasn't going to be happy until the underlines were exactly the way you would find them in like print we need um, a awesome. we need a, I, I did not know a, he did that that's amazing yeah we need a bumper sticker that says i break for descenders <laughs> <laughs> Also, while I have not listened to that episode yet, I actually, funnily enough, that's a word now as of today, um, I spent so much time on their website, uh, not just the, it's not just a website about the book, but like blog posts and whatever. Uh -huh. I was just like, I just kept getting drawn in. Yeah. Like I was, I was so, I was already pissed. I wasn't on that episode, but then I was just <laughs> like, I was like, man, this is so good. I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on that book. It's going to be me too. quite a ride. <laughs> me awesome. too. I'm, I'm, I, I've never been happier that like a random Twitter conversation like led me to <laughs> talking to him for like, we, like we talked for like two and a half hours one Sunday, like a year ago, because I happened to tweet about um, sneakers being like the best hacker movie ever, yeah. which is not even the first time I've ever tweeted about that. Like I, that's a common, um, like you, you, you've, you've fished with that bait before. Oh, I have. Well, cause it's just, it, it'll occur to me and I'm just like, man, this is a good ass movie. And, uh, and then somebody was talking about the soundtrack and then he and I started DMing and, and he had a copy of it because it's not available on streaming or anything. And then it turns out he has this ridiculous collection of like every version of sneakers that's ever been released on every media, awesome. on every imagine. medium. And, and, and we, awesome. we just, we, we just like talk about all kinds of stuff for several hours. And then when I saw the, the shift happens thing, I was like, oh, this looks awesome. And then I looked who was behind it. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> This this is this is Martian. Like this is this is so cool. What a talent! Yeah, yeah. what an interesting brain. <laughs> well, uh, I have a movie that's not so great to talk about, but yeah, uh, should we do mental uh, health corner? Yeah, let's do a little mental health corner. Um, uh, I I usually wait until last. I'll just go first this week because okay. I have so little to report. 
Okay. Um, I'm still, uh, I, I had a little bout of uh, kind of hypo depression. Um, just like not motivated, but not like seeing everything is like dark and imposing. Um, but overall I've, I've just been stable and, um, you know, like as, as usual when I'm stable, still kind of craving the hypomania, but getting along, I did yoga in, in, in studio today for the first time in a couple years. Um, and it was it was a weird experience. Um, I forgot I was going to go into the studio and got up late. And like, basically, I got up, drank coffee and went straight to the studio, which always puts me in a bad mood because um, I take like an hour to wake up in the morning. Mm. Um, I like sit and play Same. like Wordle until I can like have a, a real conversation with somebody. Um, so I showed up kind of in a bad mood and um recovered from it quickly everyone was very uh happy to see me after a couple years (laughs) like it was the same people that i used to practice with but i've just been doing zoom for so long it was it was a weird experience uh but i had to focus partly i had to focus on not farting um (laughs) oh that's a major part of yoga when you practice at home over zoom you can burp and fart without any concern yeah. Uh, but today, like I felt a fart coming on in the first 10 minutes of class and I held it all the way through. Oh, the that's not long. yoga. <laughs> Our class doesn't fart a lot. Mm. Um, it's <laughs> another, I, another bumper sticker. I had a, I had a speech prepared for if I farted, I'm just going to be like, um, sorry, I've been on zoom too long. Um, but, uh, but I pulled it off. I didn't, I didn't fart until I was getting in my car. Uh, so it was a success. It was a success. I had a good time. I never, I always think of farting when I think of yoga. I also think of a <laughs> yoga instructor I had for one class because his shorts were so tight that a testicle kept popping out. <laughs> and it's not, I wasn't like offended to see his testicle, but it was just distracting. It's just like it was, not what you're expecting. I'm just trying to focus. Yeah. Uh, right. I wore, I wore sweatpants to class and I forgot until I got there that I had on Spider-Man underwear. Nice. <laughs> Underoos? Like from uh, meundies.com. Oh, gotcha. um, okay. Okay. Spider Man underwear. And like, I suddenly got very self conscious about it. I'm like, I got to keep my pants pulled up and my shirt pulled down because I don't need these people. Like, what What do you think of some of an, a grown man in Spider Man underwear? Like, I don't want to. I mean, that, that, make that impression. <laughs> see, and th- this is what's like so funny, like about us, like just our, our our small like generational thing is that like I'm like, yeah, of course, people adults have Spider Man <laughs> underwear. Like Marvel's the biggest you know franchise in the world, and yeah. everybody loves nostalgia. And actually, frankly, starting with Generation X is when they started the whole like reselling your nostalgia back to you thing. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. so you know, like. I, I, at this point, I think that I, I don't know if anybody would, it would even be phased by well, that. To be fair, my class is mostly 50 and up people. Uh, okay. This is not a class of young, of, of Gen Z and millennials. This is uh, boomers. Boomers? Um, what the fuck? I'm 48. I'm Gen X. Yeah, I was going to say at this point. Trust like, like- me, there, there's a woman in my regular yoga class who is uh, almost 80. Okay, but like, and surprisingly she, flexible. So, so when you say, say fifty and above, you're talking about an eighty. You're, okay, so, like, so you're, you're talking like like septu- so you're talking like septuagenarians and shit, which to you, me, yeah, she she is a 
a, a force to contend with. She's amazing. Right. And so- she's so funny. She's so mean. But like <laughs> she's old enough that it comes across as cute. Right. Right. Well, so at that point, okay, nobody else is probably going to say anything to you because it's a yoga class in Minnesota. And and if the old lady does, then it's just funny. So in the future, like, don't be embarrassed by your cool underwear. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be distracted. There's a lot of things that I just, I shouldn't be self-conscious about, but I am. Um, I, I am very, I defeat myself in a lot of ways because I project my own insecurities onto everyone else. And uh, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not great, but I do it. That's, that brings it back around. To mental I was going to say, I was going to say, that's actually, that's a good <laughs> mental health. Like that, that, that's a good analysis thing. You should talk about that therapy. That's, that's a good, like, that's a good I thing. I skipped to therapy out. this week. I just, I got two, I had two nights of insomnia. Um, and I just did not feel like having a conversation with my therapist who is rather forceful when it comes to conversational style. Like he's very, um, alpha male. Uh, I don't find him relaxing at all, and I was too tired to deal with it, so I skipped therapy. Mm. Next week, I'll talk about it next week. I I think this was probably my update the last time I was on the show, which is feels like forever ago. But um, I continue to be in a situation where the like medical forces that are supposed to be sort of watching out for me are just absent. So I had a I had a, a blood lab and um, I take lithium and it, and it, I'm working my way off of it, but I take it right now. Um, and it showed that I was on the very edge of lithium toxicity oh, shit. when I logged in. Now, I did not get any um, things from my doctor, from my medication manager, nobody. And it's bad to have lithium toxicity. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. That sounds bad. So I had to call first my medication manager. They seemed scared, but seemed that they did not want to speak too much about it and just came up with a prescription solution by lowering the amount. When I talked to a dear friend of mine who used to be a nurse in the ER and who also is a medication manager, he was like, this is something that should have triggered one, you being told to go to the ER Uh and two, you being told to drink lots of water in order to kind of try to flush this stuff out, right? Didn't hear from my doctor who has to <laughs> presumably sign off on these things. So I'm the one raising the alarm to people only to find out a week later that they had messed up the labs. And in fact, I was at a just about subtherapeutic amount. Of <laughs> and, and so one, the labs are wrong in the first place, right? Two, when they were right, nobody was reaching out to me, right? And and it was like this point, I was talking to my partner about this. I was just like, I feel like I'm the responsible, reliable party <laughs> in this situation. And given that this is mental health related, that shouldn't be the case. I should no. not be that person. <laughs> no, no, that pisses me off for you because like, here's the thing, like in this country, like in the United States, we do not have free health care. We do not have, you know, like like a system that you can blame on these inefficiencies, like the the NHS or or, or whatever the system is in Canada, or or you know the the better uh, run systems in, in every other country. Like right. we have to pay out the ass, even if our employers cover it. Like it it, yep. it is expensive, and mental health coverage is ex- like healthcare is especially expensive. Like my shrink isn't even covered by by insurance. I can Same. submit. Um, and have it pay through like my, my HSA funds, but like he doesn't even take insurance. 
Um, yeah. Sometimes, um, you know, you can get it processed, but like he doesn't even accept it. He's just like, no, um, I'm not dealing with that. Uh, and that's always been the case with him. Um, so you're paying a lot of money for these things. Now they have these computerized systems, which are frankly, in some cases worse because everybody can log in and see stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and if you don't read things correctly, you can maybe misinterpret stuff. Or in this case, you get the wrong freaking labs and you're seeing something that should absolutely be flagged. Um, and, and, and they're just being nonchalant about it. Like, and I mean, And I was not, not only was the, did I not kind of have anybody raising the red flag when it came on so high, I didn't have anybody lowering it. Right, uh, right. When, when it they realized up, it I just found wrong. it by accident. I'm like, oh, I'm not on the verge of being in a coma. That's great. <laughs> like that, that, that's, and, and, and I, I'm certainly not, not um, like recommending this because again, and this is another problem with like mental health coverage and, and whatnot in this country is, is I would never say to leave like a, a doctor that you have a good relationship with. Yeah. Um, for mental health, if 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 you can, but like in normal circumstances, for almost any other service, this would be the sort of fuck up that would be like worthy of going to a new provider over. Yeah, right? and I do. I actually have an intake meeting with a new provider in May. Like Good. that's the soonest I could get it. You know, Good. so that's the other piece of it, right? It's just like, you know, this is actually somewhat urgent, but yeah. <laughs> you right, know, you can't do anything until May. You can't do anything until May, so you're stuck with it. But it's but but it, but it is. But like, I, I can't imagine any other field where if you're given the wrong information that could have like life or death consequences, and then the uh, you know, the information is corrected that you're not contacted either time. Like right. if like if somebody like you know knew something about your car, like if you got like a, a wrong recall notice for your car, and then they didn't tell you that your car was okay. Like people would be livid. Can you even imagine? You are making me wonder if I've been missing recall notifications for my body, <laughs> <laughs> for my body and mind all anyway, along. Someone's any, been trying to get me recalled. Anyway, I'm not trying to rile you up. I'm just trying to say like, I, I'm, I'm sorry that happened. And uh, yeah. Thank you. Part of what that ends up doing that's separate from the medication is that it puts you in a, a situation where, you know, you really have to be someone who is is actually engaged enough with your like inner life <laughs> to advocate for yourself. Right. Cause yeah. it'd be so easy to be like, well, fuck it. I know I don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and so I just always think of, I mean, I think of myself cause this is a issue, but I also think of just so many other people that don't, don't have that ability to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just kind of nerve wracking, um, just to think about, but anyway, so there was that and that's actually been going on in every, in every way. So I got a crown, a temporary crown and they, they put it in a little wrong. So my gums got infected. Like a few months ago, I got a bunch of, I call it corpse dust. So they, I got, I'm getting like an implant in my tooth and they oh, put right, this right, like yeah. bone dust for bone mm -hmm. grass in there. They did it wrong. And it, my body just like rejected all of it. It was just coming out constantly for like a week <laughs> and they had to redo that. Like it's just, everything's, everything's been like that for me. It's just crazy. Um, anyway, that's my update. <laughs> Stay alert, everybody. Stay alert. Yeah, no, which is a, a good reminder. And I know like from my mom's experiences, like how important it is to advocate for yourself. And I know all these things and I'm so laissez-faire about certain things with my medical care. And it's not because I, I can't advocate for myself. It's just a lot of times I just don't want to go through the effort of even dealing with things. Like both of my knees are hurting me right now. Mm. Um, one of them because I was hit by a car five years ago and, um, uh, and and that was not great. And, and that uh, issue has been presenting itself more. And the other one, I don't know, it just like started like yesterday, but I just kind of noticed, I was like, my knees hurt. And maybe it's an aging thing. Although, you know, I'm, I'm 
immune from aging. So, so I don't know. Um, it could be like weather related. Um, I've had like arthritis like symptoms since I was a kid. So it, it, if there was stuff, you know, it will like, I will not at all be surprised if I have to have like a knee trans, like knee transplants or something, even though, um, I'm in, you know, uh, I'm not overweight and, and I don't have the other sorts of symptoms that you would typically associate with that sort of thing. Um, but I, I got like a virus when I was really little and, and basically started having symptoms of arthritis when I was like eight. So it's just, it's kind of been one of those inevitable things, but again, these are things I just like put off and, and don't deal with, um, until maybe forced. So that's a good reminder for me to be like, don't let this go too long. Um, my mental health's okay. Um, as, as I'd mentioned, you know, before, like we had layoffs a couple of weeks ago and, and they're not being done in, um, well, there's no good way to do them, but they're kind of being dragged out. And so there's this feeling of uncertainty. Um, I still, I, I think my team is, is safe and I don't have any like concerns about like my job security. And, and, and I feel confident that even if I were to be laid off that like I could find another job relatively quickly like that. I, I don't have like massive anxiety about, which is, which is good. I was talking to my shrink about that this week that I I'm finally at this point in my, my tech career where I was in my journalism career, which is that I feel like, okay, if I got laid off tomorrow, not to say that it wouldn't suck and that, that I wouldn't, you know, have to rely on my savings and whatnot, but I feel confident, um, in my abilities to, to get hired, um, even in, in this kind of uncertain economy, um, without a problem, uh, you know, uh, comp and other things might be different, but like, I, I, I feel confident at this point in my, my skill set, um, that I, that I'd be able to find another job, which is good. But, you know, every single day, you know, seeing everything that's happening, you know, in kind of the the sector and all this stuff, it is it is deeply unsettling. And um, and I know I've talked about that before and I don't want to keep bringing it back to that, but it does like bring up like those, you know, those fast feelings of um, uncertainty and anxiety. But other than yeah. that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing fine, you know, Um I'm going to see Cocaine Bear tonight, which I'm really excited about. Oh man! Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't psyched about it until David Wayne did like a I, I, maybe a TikTok, but I saw it on Instagram um, about like how great it was, and now I'm totally into seeing it. Yeah, the trailer I was kind of I was kind of in, and then when I started reading, like when they did the junket, I was like, okay, now I'm fully in because. <laughs> Like apparently, how Elizabeth Banks got involved, how everybody got involved, was that I guess the uh, the people that the uh, Phil um, um, and and the other guy, the, the Lego Movie guys, are the producers. They read the script and then they gave it to Elizabeth Banks. They're like, "What do you think about this? Do you want to direct this?" And she was like, "Are you serious? This is insane." Yes, I want to direct it. And then that was sort of the response of everybody else who's involved. And it's for the most part, like really good actors. Like she was on the phone with Carrie Russell about a completely different project and then called her the next day and was like, Hey, do you want to read this, <laughs> this, this cocaine bear thing? And then, um, um, Margot Martindale texted Carrie Russell. She was like, wait, are you doing this? And Carrie's like, wait, are you doing this? And then they were like, okay, well, we'll both do this. And, and, and Carrie Russell's uh, husband even like makes a cameo in it because he read the script and he was like, who's playing this guy. I want to play this guy. <laughs> And Elizabeth Banks was like, see you in, see you in Ireland. And so it, again, it could be terrible, but 
unlike snakes on a plane, which I was just going to say snakes on a plane. <laughs> right. But, but what in snakes on a plane was like, let's be honest, like that was a trailer that, that then kind of like everybody got excited about and made memes about it. And they, they went back and reshot and like made more with it. And, and that's fine. And I'm not saying that, that Samuel L. Jackson, Juliana Margulies aren't good actors, but like these are good actors who are involved in this. Yeah. And and so it has to to me, the script has to be just like batshit enough for them to be like exactly Fuck yeah. Ridiculous to the point exactly. of being awesome. Yeah. Right. And then to see someone like David Wayne, who of course would be like, if I'm gonna take like camp like recommendations uh-huh. from anyone, it's going to be David Wayne. From the right? guy who made him wet hot American summer. Yeah. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> if it, 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 so, because you want a good campy film. The marketing has also been brilliant. Like they had like a um a, a, a tweet that I loved where they they used the Dare logo and they used the Dare logo in the freaking marketing, which is great. And they were like, I dare <laughs> you to see this or whatever. And then the tweet was like, Yes, we're bullying you. And, and I was just like, okay, this is great. And their website, uh, cocainebear.movie or whatever, there's a, there's a web game, which I guess is an HTML5 because, you know, can't be, it's, it's what would have been a flash <laughs> game 10 years ago. Right. I saw that. And it's amazing. You basically, it's like the adult, it's like a really adult graphic, violent version of, um, the, um, Buffalo hunting game in, um, Oregon Trail, where you have to kill as many humans as you can, but you have to have enough cocaine power. And so you have to collect the cocaine and then you run around and then they make all these noise. And it's fantastic. Like, we're going to have the link in the show notes. So um, this is a, a weird way to end mental health corner, except uh, 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 like I'm just, uh, uh, you know, in, in my, my part of it or whatever, except to say, like, I'm very, very excited about Cocaine Bear. Awesome. I uh, I had this intention of opening the mental health corner with um, the Fraser Crane. Um, you're you're listening to Fraser Crane on KACL. I'm listening, um, and then end it with Good Night Seattle and Good Mental Health. But I I, I forgot. Um, but we, we're we're on a movie kick, so yes. we, great, we great got segue. sneakers. We got sneakers. We got Cocaine Bear. Um, I sat down. Oh, what's up, Jeff? Can I just insert something that you made me think of? Because one of the things about this podcast that I enjoy most is it sometimes fulfills my dream of being on a morning show. Um, <laughs> and so we've had so we've had this morning show at our classic rock station, KQRS, since I was a kid. It's this guy, Tom Bernard. He's racist, misogynist, and just generally annoying, except that he has the best radio voice ever. Um, Not always the case. But And I can turn on... The morning show, which I never do intentionally. And if it's on for three seconds, he says something that makes me uh, angry. Yeah. And I get angry enough when they play the Eagles. You know, it's like I got to you got to like uh, anyway. So he got canned by their corporate overlords for n- not really that clear of a reason. And in his place, they hired a man named Steve Gorman, who was the drummer of the Black Crows in the in, in their first few albums. Right. An underappreciated and, band. Oh, amazing band, especially those first two albums. And he actually has a syndicated classic rock show that already ran on this radio station. But he moved here to be the morning show host. And it has been amazing. And he told the following story because it was an anniversary of the release of the first Black Crows album. Now, he's like suing like that went bad. But. He said that. I was so first say, of all, he, I was going to say because he clearly didn't get the the riches of the Black Crow stuff. Like no right. offense to him, but if he's living in Minnesota, <laughs> just moved here. No, he just more... moved here. He was that's living in L.A. 
okay, okay. Well, it, but if regardless, if he moved even worse, if he moved to Minnesota yeah. to host a morning show yeah. for a local station, things after aren't having not going this, well. <laughs> and I know how much those those syndicated Sirius XM uh, shows um, pay if you're not like a big name. Yeah, yeah. So he's not. Yeah. Right, so so right. clearly, so so it clearly didn't end well. But anyway, sorry. Go well, on. He, I love these types of stories. So he told this story about. So first of all, when he recorded that Black Crows album, that first album, it came out in like '91. Uh, and and for me, this was like a big album for me, which is why I'm even bringing it up. Um, he had only been drumming for two years. And he was all of a sudden in like one of the biggest rock bands in the country. But also he told this great story where the day it came out, he had to go to work at a record store where he had a job and his job involved like shelving Black Crow CDs. And he described sitting behind the counter all day, just being like, buy one, buy one, buy one. But nobody did. He has no idea that's about to be the biggest band, you know, in the country. Anyway, uh, I love this morning drive show that we're on. And and I wanted to share that since you mentioned (laughs) Frasier and radio. Yeah. Amazing. All right. right. Uh, It's typically falls to Christina to do this one. You're cool. I got it. All right. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. All right. So you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Like maybe your knee is bothering you. I don't know. I'm just using personal experience here. And you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Note to self, do not take medical advice from TikTok. Just don't do it. There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. So when you're not feeling your best and you're just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. And this is where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of people rely on, including myself, I've used it for more than a decade, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. You can book an appointment with just a couple of taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc dot com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash overtired. ZocDoc dot com slash overtired. ZocDoc dot com slash overtired. Get that third time in there, you know, really sink into people's Really, brain. really sink it in. Yes. Nicely done. All right. So I, uh, my my girlfriend and her sister, I'll call her L, uh, um, and and Kari, um, they wanted to have a like a group watch movie night. Uh, Kari's in Michigan, we're in Minnesota, and um, they were interested in watching what somehow was in the top ten Netflix movies, um, a rom com called Your Place or Mine. Not to be confused with the 2015 Japanese language film of the same name. Mm, I was um, this is the a Russian new movie. film with Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, and um, Ashton uh, Kusher. and Kutcher. And Kutcher, um, yep. my Twitter friend. So I promised, I promised to be good, and I did. I bit my tongue. I didn't say anything smartass in the text chat or in the conversations. I just I rolled with it. Okay. But it was so bad. 
It like so, how did how did Reese sign up? She's she's got she's, chops now. She, she does, and she and she's she amazing. Deserves better. Well, the whole thing. Did, did you see all the the drama about how bad uh, the the promo for it was? No. Like, and, and okay, so so the, the, this might add to it because I want I want you to to complain, but just to set up some context that might make you even uh, more perplexed. The the promo when they had to go do the junket stuff for this and every photo he was in with her like he looked like he did not want to be there and like didn't want to touch her <laughs> and then his excuse was he was like oh well if I if I look like I'm I'm too close to her then people are gonna have like a rumor that we're having an affair and I don't want that to happen oh, but it got but it got so bad that Mila Kunis like stepped in and she was like bro you look like you're having a miserable time what are you doing <laughs> also like not for nothing but i i don't think reese is, is leaving her her husband uh who uh, she also has like a business <laughs> relationship with right and 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 it seems to be very much in love with he's not leaving mila kunis right like it, the like no one's thinking that people would be like oh these two people might have like a good might have good chemistry together um, I only saw the trailer and I was like, oh, no, this is an Anne Hathaway, uh, um, uh, you know, James Franco situation where you <laughs> think it makes sense. And then the chemistry match is just not well, there. They but, got but some big complain. names behind it. But holy shit, just there was no. It even as a rom-com, even following a rom-com formula, it fell flat. It was like, no Sweet Home Alabama. It just was not interesting <laughs> at all. I never saw Sweet Home Alabama. It's actually a good one. It's actually a cute one. It, it, Josh Lucas this, and Patrick Dempsey. This just never had any um, tension. Like you never thought, oh no, everything's going wrong. I hope it ends well and everything and has a happy end. Like you never got to that point. It was just, it was just like slice of life boring. But I want to, I want to point out what to me is the most interesting part of this, which is you're in a situation with you're with two other people. It's a rom com, and. You're the one going. I hate this, but I don't yeah. want to say it. <laughs> right, you're, you're you're in you're in the situation, which is the where right thing to do. It is. No, that's yeah, the adult you thing to know do. me though. I do not do a great job of keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, so yeah. I no. I was my tongue was ready to bleed. I was biting it so hard, and I just, but I did it. I was a good sport, and and just I didn't say anything negative. Um, even after. Even after. Because that's the real challenge. You got to go, it's over now. Someone's going to ask me what I thought. I yeah. have to figure out how to say it without sounding like a song. Okay, so Elle was, was able to pick up on my disappointment. Of course. Um, like So like we were able to discuss honestly how I didn't like it. But in the con in the group chat and in our, like we, after, after we finish a group watch, we always have a phone call just to like decompress whatever and, and talk about life. Um, and I, I kept my mouth shut through all of that. Um, I, I was pretty proud of myself. I'm very um, proud of this you. Is, this is, this is hard. I, I've been holding on to this for the, he's for like, this but I am, but I am going to publicly express <laughs> my disdain in a week or so. Right. <laughs> well, 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 Carrie's never going to listen to this podcast and, and Elle will appreciate that you, uh, if she listens, will appreciate that. Like you did the, the correct and the adult thing of like saving it for the pod. Um, what was so egregious about it? Cause to, the reviews I read was like, was a chemistry mismatch and, and some other things, but she's great, right? Yeah, like she's great. Greece is, Greece is fantastic in, in everything she does. Like I, I'm, I'm, I love her. I'm like a genuine, huge, super fan of what both was her the as fire, an actress. Little fires, fire, little fires everywhere. 
Yeah, so good. Um, which is great. Big Little Lies was one of the best first. Se- the, the second season didn't work as well because it hadn't been designed for that. But that was one of the best. Can we talk like, about miniseries. Freeway? Freeway, amazing. Freeway was the first time I ever met Reese Witherspoon. Um, it was with uh, what's his name, uh, Lost Boys. Yeah, um, Jason Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. That's right. Yeah, he's big. Kiefer Sutherland as like a serial killer. And she's like a runaway and it's a little Red Riding Hood, Mm -hmm. modern tale. Like that was the first time I ever saw her and I was sold. I was like, this girl is a great actress. I I first saw her in her first film, which was uh, The Man in the Moon. And I only saw that because my sister, who's her age, for some reason, I guess they wrote about it in Seventeen magazine. This is the only thing I can imagine because I don't, I don't know. I was like, I was like seven or eight years old, um, but I, but I'm guessing they wrote about it in one of the teen magazines. And she rented it from the video store. And this is like a small movie that still most people have never seen. It was her first film, and she was fantastic in it. And Roger Ebert famously, like in his review, he like called her out. He was like, "She's going to be massive." Yeah. And and from that time forward, my sister is a huge fan. And and even though we don't have a lot in common, like I did pick up on some of her tastes, but I've always really, really liked her. And I love her as a businesswoman as much as I love her as an actress. So this is very sad to me, like so, when I was seeing all the stuff failing. So this, what I was, like, was oh, wrong man, with Reese. it? So yeah. a rom-com is two words, right? Romantic yep. and comedy. Um, I did not laugh once. Uh, there was... <laughs> There was there were no there was no situational comedy. There were no witty lines. It was very cut and dry Uh, from the romance perspective. There was no like these two people belong together. I can't wait to see it work out. There was none of that. Like you guys just deserve each other. It was more like, well, they're probably going to end up together. It's it's fate. Um, I'm not saying that a rom-com needs to be unpredictable. They never are. Uh, but this was like, but you, you need to care. You, you need to care about the journey from, of them getting there. Yeah, you knew from the opening scene exactly how it was going to end, um, and you and and there was just so little storytelling. It just it just did not intrigue me in any way. What's disappointing about this to me is that a there has been this dearth of romantic comedies, which is there the has. one. Which is this thing that the Reese Witherspoon actually said in her press like stuff for this. She did try. She did try to promote this movie, but I think everybody knew that this was not going to land. <laughs> and it's a Netflix thing. They already got paid. Who cares? But like she commenting on the fact that there are no rom-coms anymore. And there had been a time in her career before she won the Oscar where she was kind of been pegged to only doing rom-com stuff. And then she was in that weird place where she won the Oscar. And they're like, well, how do we cast her? You know, what, what, and nobody would cast her in anything. She had to create her own parts. But rom-coms used to be this massive business. And we have some of our, our best movies are romantic comedies. Like When Harry Met Sally is a great fucking movie, right? Like it's a great script, but like Rob Reiner directed the hell out of that. Like there are some really great yeah, romantic comedies. Cool. Yeah. But now, and you would think like there there are some on, on Netflix, but they're not great because um, most Netflix movies are not. But it's like everything went to the fucking Hallmark channel. Which I'm sorry, I know my like my dad's real into the Hallmark Channel. It's weird, <laughs> but because he's my da- my dad, I swear to God, like he has so he has some slight segue. He has some like my dad is a very masculine heterosexual man, and and I and I say that because when I describe some of his idiosyncrasies, it will not sound that way. But my dad is like a man's <laughs> man. Like nobody would ever doubt anything 
about and, and it's not even like he's like homophobic but it's just like he puts out he's like it's just that energy comes across masculine but he loves fucking romantic comedies and shit like the hallmark channel <laughs> and when i was growing up he had not one but both ally mcbeal soundtracks <laughs> and he'd play them in the car and i'd be like what the fuck like he's 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 into like celine dion and 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 Elvis and anyways, it's very. Some, my dad's music taste is very very gay, but like or stereotypically gay. But like, other than the Hallmark Channel, which has made massive amounts of money, um, but those aren't like the same thing as like a so, good old fashioned rom com. You know what I mean? Speaking yeah. of speaking of David Wayne, yes. Um, did you guys ever see They Came Together? Yes, because it was you recommended his, like, it. It was, it was good. his lampooning of romantic comedies starring um, Amy. Polar and Paul Rudd. Oh, yes. right. And it was for me. To me, it was hilarious. I uh, thought it was funny. I remember. It, I remember like, watching it, because of you. Like every single trope that you find in a romantic comedy, they found a way to lampoon. And and it was for someone who kind of hates romantic comedies, even though they kind of like Love Actually is a fucking great movie. I'm not. It's gonna a fucking lie. great movie. Absolutely. Um, all, well, all, all, all of the uh, Studio Canal, like all of those. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't like, disagree. All of those are perfect. I'm in. I'm in. But like they came together just like lampooned it in a way that I found very appealing. Um, and that was 2014. And I can't remember seeing a romantic comedy since 2014 that I thought, oh, that despite the genre, that's actually a really good movie. I don't I don't think there's been one. No, I, I, I'm looking right now. It's, I'm looking on the Wikipedia thing because it's just easier to browse this of like list of romantic comedies. And I'm looking at the list. And uh, okay, Crazy Rich Asians. They classify okay, that as romantic yeah, comedy. Okay. That was great. That, that was. was a great fucking movie. Um, and um, uh, uh, Love, Simon. Um, that was really sweet. But that's more of a coming of age film, I, I never think. I saw that. I don't think. Um, it, it's, it's like the first gay kind of like teen okay. coming of age, like, uh, like romantic comedy kind of thing so it's it's great in that respect and that it's like you know a, a gay teenager and it's not treated as like you know this big like oh like like rot thing it's like it's like a romance it's, it's great um to all the boys i love before this was a netflix film yeah but it was that was good uh the first one was i thought that yeah. the other ones weren't but that right. was good that was okay right but also we might have given it a little bit over thing <laughs> mama mia here we go again surprisingly yeah. surprisingly i mean i like the first mama mia uh way more than it because it was way better than it had any right to be the, the the sequel wasn't awful i didn't love it the same way but but it wasn't I'm awful but, but you're right i didn't love it um but did you like the first one because the first one i can't remember the first one okay uh the first one you know just you don't expect meryl streep to be just like all in on this stuff which is, <laughs> it's, just, it's just delightful you just don't expect it um, but no, but I'm looking, you're right. Like I'm looking at this stuff and, and it's, there it's, has it's not a been another dearth. love actually. No, no, we haven't had that sort of scene. Even since, Notting like, the mid, Hill. Like it just, I mean, all of those about a boy, like, yeah. which is my personal favorite of, of, yeah, um, that was, uh, of those. That. Yeah. Battle boy is a great film. Like I still watch that. I still want his apartment from that, but no, you're <laughs> right. Like we, like, since I guess, like, I guess probably the, the, the Kate Hudson heyday of like the mid two thousands, we haven't really had. The proposal was probably the last really, really big one we that. had. That was with the uh, that was Sandra Bullock's comeback. Yeah, with a uh, with um um uh what's his face uh uh Ryan Reynolds. Um, I do love Ryan Reynolds. The the proposal is fucking great. It's it's a really funny movie. But um, 
yeah, that was 2009 and I'm looking now. Yeah. I, it's, it's been, um, God, yeah, it, it's, we've had this dearth and it's sad because I think it's probably because, uh, big movies aren't made anymore. I mean, not big movies, but small movies aren't made anymore. It's all just you so, know massive things. Here's the thing is Deadpool was a romantic comedy. That's true. And mm-hmm, so sure. like, that's what, that's what Ellen and I watched on Valentine's day. I got her a Valentine's day card from love pop. That was a pop-up Deadpool uh, with the thought bubble that says love hurts, but you're I worth love it. it. Um, like to me, like that is like Marvel versus romantic comedy. Like that's kind of where it has gone. Like the superhero version of a rom-com. Um, the kind of writing that you saw in the, in the mid 2000s just doesn't seem to be. It's not that people can't do it anymore. It's kind of people have moved on. Um, yeah, it's not that no good movies are coming out. There are a lot of good movies. Uh, right. People have it's, just moved on from that witty, right. witty Wait, which rom-com is, dialogue. Which, and, the, and the reason I think is because it's really hard to get like a $20 million movie made. And, <laughs> um, and, and, and that's kind of the sweet spot for those budgets, right? Like it's really hard to get a $20 million movie made. It's easy to get a $200 million movie made. It's easy to get a $2 million movie made, but it's hard to get like a 20 or $40 million movie made. And, and that's kind of what you need for those things. Um, but, but it's a shame because on paper, you could see that Ashton and Reese would be cute together. Like he's yeah. charming, you know, like, sure. like he's, he, he's, he's charismatic and she's got chemistry with anybody, but, but it, it, it sucks that, um, that like, that's not what this was. Um, <laughs> Barbie, which the Greta Gerwig film, which I cannot wait for, which will be out in July, that is classified as a romantic comedy. Um, and that's going to be, of course, with uh, um, uh, Ryan Gosling and um, um, uh, what's her face? Um, uh, Margot um, Robbie. Um, and the the trailer for that looks bananas. And I, when they first started working on the Barbie movie, and they, it's gone through so many different turnarounds, like it seemed awful. But then when Greta Gerwig signed on, and then when we started seeing the set photos, I was like, okay, this this might actually be really irreverent and good. Jeff, are you with us? I'm going to paint a picture for you. Um, you know how astronauts, when they're going to load into their rockets or space shuttle, and they're, they're, they're in these pressurized suits, they got their own piss and shit in there with them. They're locked into their seats and they're facing the sky. So there's all this weight acting against them and they sit there for hours and they don't know how much longer they have to live. And if they've (laughs) made the right decision, like that's how I feel whenever I'm watching a (laughs) rom-com and like, I'm not an asshole about it. Like I cried at the notebook, which I realize is just a rom. Um, but for some reason I cannot though, everyone around me has a general love for the canon. Like I can't do it and I'm not being a snob. I just, I feel like I'm suffocating. It's probably, probably failure to launch. Failure to launch. launch. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Um, but okay. But did you like when Harry met Sally or does that one also like do even like the Meg Ryan ones? Like, so I have that in my. I have that that lives somewhere in my body because it was like cultural osmosis. And I know I yeah. saw it and I'm pretty sure I liked it. I don't think poorly of it. Of course, everyone thinks of like the orgasm at the capture scene, yeah. right? But yeah. like the, the most memed, yeah. the most memed scene. And that is America. all I can call up. Yep. Um, but I 
I do remember liking that. And I agree. I mean, I can definitely notice the cultural shift in like quality and, and even cadence and like whatever, mm-hmm. right? I caught the last like 20 minutes of the George Clooney, Julia Roberts uh, number. Oh, yeah. Oh. <sighs> and I could watch Ooh, Clooney. Boy. I could watch Clooney in anything. Yeah. Like, Same. I watched Solaris in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Although nothing beats what movie was it where the it's a bank robbery in the beginning, and it, I think oh, it's him and 13. Jennifer. No, like him and Jennifer Lopez. Out of sight. Out of sight. One of the greatest they, movies of all time. They ru- they run out of the bank after robbing it, and they're doing the thing where he's trying to auto pop the locks. She opens the door too yep. fast, or he opens the door too fast. <laughs> and the, I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then they're in the car together, and they had that sexual chemistry. That movie, yes. which is not a rom com, that is that is like a straight up like noir, like thriller type thing. Like that I need is, to watch that again. That was a phenomenal that is, movie. That is honestly like one of my like that is in my top ten list. And I'll, and I'll that, put that opening scene in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, I, that 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 is, that is my top ten list, and and that is a film that was introduced to me by the first guy that ever broke my heart, and so oh, it is hard. Shit. It was like it, it was like. It's hard for me. Like this is how much how good that movie is. Is that even he couldn't ruin out of sight? How bitter! I was like, you know, what? <laughs> right, I right, like, right. I was like, I was like, you're a piece of shit, and <laughs> and 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 you told me you loved me so you could fuck me, and and you still could not ruin Man. this movie for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brutal. I'm um, just remembering as George Clooney's like smiling face to the bank teller as he's robbing the yes, and he just says very very gently like. Oh, this, is first, you. this is your first robbery. First robbery? She's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he leaves and, and he's like, have a great day. You too. And she like realizes kind of like at what she said because he was just so polite. He yeah. just walked in. Yeah. Just just walked in and just, you know, walked out with the money. And uh, yeah. Have I ever told the story of being arrested for shoplifting in North Dakota? I have heard this story. I can't remember. If <laughs> Maybe I've told, told it. on the podcast. It just, I, I, I don't know. It ends like that. Tell it again. With, it, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I do remember I've told it on the podcast before, actually. I think I told it one time when you were gone, Christina. But ultimately what happens is that I'm I'm with this um, secret shopper who caught me shoplifting. He's called the police and I'm in a back room waiting for the police officer. I had, I had shoplifted some cheese and a roll of 35 millimeter film. And um, I was on tour with my band. There's just no there's no rules when you're on tour. And uh and and it, he and I were talking. I was asking him like, "What this is a crazy job you have? Like, what's the craziest thing you caught someone stealing?" You know, and he's like, "Well, you know, I've uh, sometimes girls are stealing tampons or condoms." And I was like, "Oh, that's brutal. Why would? How do you feel about catching people doing that? Like, that seems like it'd be hard for me." He's like, "No, I don't like it. I don't like it." Anyway, just before the police officer uh, rolled in, he's like, "You know, I'm sorry to have to do this. I really like you." <laughs> like. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, man. I, I, I don't know. I haven't made an opinion about you because I think what you do is evil. But like... <laughs> anyway, that's hysterical. It's a, that's... it's a long story, but that's the part that the Clooney thing reminded me of. He, he, he's like, he like did not want to do it. He was like, I, yeah, he's like, oh, if I could I take like it you, back. In what movie? In what movie was George Clooney playing an actor playing a Roman centurion? Oh, oh, Hail Caesar. Um, yes. Hail Caesar. I just started watching that for the first time a week ago. That's funny. Like, I love that George Clooney takes some really shitty parts in in mediocre movies. I mean, it is a Coen Brothers so movie. Well. Yeah. He does them like, so well. He, yeah. he he's he's like the consummate. He's just great in anything he does. And also, how else are you going to pay for that villa in uh, in, in 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 Paris or in Italy or wherever the hell he lives? It's kind of like in, Brad in Pitt doing Twelve Monkeys. 
Yeah. Like, Any, I mean, like not like today's Brad Pitt, like bullet train suck. Um, and Brad Pitt took that part and, and he pulled it off, but like 12 monkeys, this is coming out of like legends of the fall, right? Like right. This is, Brad Pitt is this seven. Like, he's like hot. Yeah. yeah. And then interview does, with the vampire. Like he's like the biggest, yeah, like, exactly. man. Of, yeah. And then he does 12 monkeys where he's just this fucking insane person um, <laughs> before the fight club days. Like, right. It, before it he got cut, club, it led but, up to fight club for sure. Yeah. But it was like, but it was this weird thing. Cause you're like, wait a minute. You were always kind of this, you know, more her- heroic Dreamboat. kind of guy. Dreamboat. Yeah. Totally. Right. Like we all like fell in love with him. Like girls, well, my so, age. Like, I hated him. Like, oh yeah, I, was, I know you did because you were a guy. It was not cool to like the dream boat. Oh, actor. of course, it was cool. It was cooler to hate them. And then twelve I, I, monkeys I was, came out, and I was I, like, oh shit. I was twelve years old, so sure. my perspective. I didn't care about any of that. I was just like, this is the most beautiful man. This makes me feel things in my nether regions. You know, um, like he, he's very attractive. Like that. That was my sure. whole, you know, thing. I, I didn't care about the coolness of it all. But it was, it was funny to see the. Um, the evolution of like men who hated Brad Pitt to then fight club was the turning point sure. where all of a sudden they were like, God damn it. All right, fine, fine. We'll, we'll accept him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is one of us after all. All right. <laughs> right. He can come um, through. Should we, uh, should we try some gratitude? Let's definitely do some gratitude. I can start. I, I know what to do. Um, there is a, I, I new ish, I guess, uh, terminal, app called kitty hmm. um i discovered this oh, the, because... oh this, this is the linux one right or it was originally written for linux yeah it's yeah, cross-platform yeah, yeah. now yeah, yeah yeah um it it, it uses a uh a, a the default color is a theme called cappuccino um which is a goddamn sexy color scheme like I've been using the Nord color scheme in in Terminal for quite a while, uh, but then this this uh, syntax coloring kind of blew my mind. Uh, it was it's I mean there's generally like sixteen colors to work with, right? And and your your palette is pretty limited, and so it's been a long time since a theme has actually th- looked looked to me. Like it was better than what I was used to. Um, so this this was a theme like that. And then I found out that it came from this terminal called Kitty, which I admit I have not tried yet. It's, uh, but it's, I watched, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. I watched like an 18 minute video on all of its capabilities today. Yeah. And it has some things like uh, you can, with a keyboard shortcut, load the output from the last command into your pager uh you hit command shift or control shift g and you you know pages long output from your last like build command loads up in a pager and you can navigate it with key keyboard shortcuts that you're used to and little things like that are like i, I wish iterm would incorporate something like that um like iterm you can hit command shift a to select all of the content from the last output uh, which you can then pipe into a pager, but just a single keyboard shortcut for that kind of thing. And the scriptability of Kitty looks great. It is. It's uh, the uh, the guy who makes it, uh, COVID Goyle, he's the guy who does Calibre, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah. 
which is not the a great looking e-book. app. No, it's, it's not. It's basically the only one. It's not. It, it's a pretty ugly app, uh, but but it's very very functional. Um, which was kind of my. I haven't I, I haven't seen the theme you're talking about, and so the theme um, might change my mind. But as I recall, last time I used Kitty, that was sort of my same takeaway was that it was very performant because that is one of the big things that was built on was to be very very performant. Um, but that is not like iTerm is still has like a level of polish. I'm dropping but, I'm dropping a link to Cat Pacino. Cat Cat Puchin, I guess it's Cat C A T P P U C C I N. Like the monkey. Uh, okay. That link Cat is Puchin. in Oh yeah, Cat Puchin. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Cat Puchin. Um yeah, it is it it just looks so good. I love it. Yeah. So I love that. And and it looks like that it works with that theme that you you dropped. Thank you for that. Um, works with Alacrity, which is another um, good terminal app. Um, if you're talking about things that are, are like that one's built on Rust, which I think. One? Alacrity. Oh, haven't tried that one either. Which is uh, a um, uh, like I think it's a, it's a Rust driven uh, rewrite of the terminal again for speed. But there, but but Kitty, there are so there's many a terminal lot of- apps that I just haven't tried. Like I'm so. I'm so used to iTerm. Every time I try, like Warp is a cool terminal, does a lot of totally. cool stuff. Um, but I just haven't, I've never been able to break the iTerm habit. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a Same. similar situation. Um, but because I've used more cross-platform tools than you have, um, uh, I, um, I've, I've played around with more of these things. Um, I will say, like, if you don't have iTerm, like I do, I, I, and I think Kitty, like, I think that the, uh, I'm not taking anything away from like the technical achievements. It is a very, very performant, um, terminal. And that is something that iTerm can suffer with, especially if you have like a really yeah. big, like Z shell profile, which, you know, whatever, like there, there are problems with, uh, with all the extensions and whatnot yeah, anyway, it, but, but it, if it lags a bit, if you're not using an async prompt in fish, yeah, uh, I term can lag a bit just doing a regular CD. It totally can. And, and so depending on what you're doing, some of these things, Alacrity and, and, and Kitty, um, are both really, really good with that. Hyper is one that people really yeah. like, but, but hyper is electron and yeah. I don't have anything against electron apps, but for a terminal that is not going, I think that when they're well-made, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. But like I, I, one password, electron, one password, no problem. I have not totally. had a single problem with it. VS but code. Great. Honestly, right? the reason I can't switch to VS code is that it is electron and, and not because it's electron. But because the fact that it's electron causes certain quirks for me. For you, right. I because just... you're very, right. But, but you've got very specific edge cases, which <laughs> which makes sense, right? But I'm just saying from a performance standpoint, like I don't have a problem with electron if it's done well. Um, and, and nothing against the hyper folks, but like that was designed like because they think it looks pretty. And I'm just sure. like, mm, yeah, no. Whereas Alacrity and Kitty don't have, like they take the opposite approach. They're like, how can we get as performant as possible? Right. Versus like Kitty, Kitty, like it's big in the tagline. It talks about being offloading all of its processing to the GPU, exactly, uh, which is uncommon for yes. a terminal app. I mean, it's it's more common now. Um, like uh, iTerm added support for it. Windows Terminal yeah. does it, but but historically that has not been yeah. what you've done. Because why would you, right? Like the whole point of a terminal is it's supposed to be able to run headless anywhere yeah. and 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 you wouldn't you know if you're on a server box you, you wouldn't want necessarily if you're you know running the terminal locally and not remotely um you you wouldn't necessarily want to be um dependent on that but in modern workflows it makes a lot more sense yeah yeah right 
All right. So that's my that's my that's, uh, that's my Kitty. my gratitude Fantastic. for the week. I'm I'm going to try out this um this theme. Yeah. Um cuz the theme actually yeah, this looks good and it's got like different colors cuz what is the one that I use? Um let me open up my iTerm. By the way, see. this theme is available for literally every possible yes, thing I, that well, can take a theme. Like yeah, Dracula. no, I looked at that and I was like, that's fantastic. Um, so my terminal is this is the only thing I hate about my term, is mm. that um it's hard to find. My preset is snazzy. Oh, and uh I will find it and I will link to it. Um, snazzy term, um, terminal theme. And because it's in my GitHub stars, I'm sure. Um and yeah, I really like that, but I'm going to look at, um, this, uh, cappuccine because I like that. Um, do you have any picks? Yeah. Uh, Jeff yeah. to go for, go um, for last time I had a pick, it was the Readwise reader, which is, which I'm, I have not been able to, it does not, it has not replaced instant paper for me yet, though. I think it will one day. Mm-hmm. It's just, there are just small little bits that are obstacles to my feeling like I can really live in it, but it has been amazing. But anyway, I've been a Readwise user for much longer. And um, one thing I've been using a lot this week, just to go over old um, highlights in my various, like in Instapaper and Apple Books and Kindle, whatever, is is Readwise is just like their service of importing highlights, basically. So like I highlight a lot, but sometimes I'm like, to what end? <laughs> like, why, why am I highlighting exactly? I don't know. Um, but because I can import so many highlights in Readwise and then export it as a markdown file, which is really what I'm what I'm kind of repping here is that service. Um, it's it's just it makes me a more engaged reader and it and it makes me think differently about about how I highlight whatever else. And the cool thing is you can actually create a custom format for your exports, um, and so you can make your markdown files look like whatever you want them to look like. Uh, and you can also, it, it differentiates. So like if you're downloading it again, it'll, it'll give you the option of just downloading new highlights to that file or whatever. And so anyway, I've been in kind of like a creative mode and wanting to kind of look back at things I've, I've, uh, I've marked and highlighted and, and quotes that I liked or whatever to see if they can kind of fit into what I'm writing and, and Readwise has just been amazing for that. And you can import just from a ton of different sources. I just happen to use like Kindle, Instapaper, Apple books and the Readwise reader. Um, but you can also like, you know, import JSON files, uh, that kind of stuff. So anyway, Readwise again, uh, they just continue to be a really like regular part of my life. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I started using it, um, after, uh, their, um, uh, their other service, um, I heard about that because I was like, I think this could be like you, like my Instapaper replacement because I've been an Instapaper. I still subscribe to Instapaper and I don't really know why at this point because I don't have any personal connection to anybody involved in it and I don't even know who's involved and if it's even being really maintained and, you know, um, and I've never been a pocket person. I know that there were some- Me neither. I can't do it. But I was like, at, I remember at, at, at a Gizmodo when um when Instapaper was was sold or something like that happened, and people were like, oh, just use Pocket, and and I didn't even have to say anything. One of my uh, bosses, Alex, he was like, he was like, we're an Instapaper family. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, we are. So I Did always you guys, think of, of, of you know, when, when, when I think that. Did you ever see the Safari plugin I made for Instapaper way back in the early two thousands? What did it Probably. do? It it oh, like. No. First, it reformatted it so it looked a little more modern than it did at the time. And then it added keyboard shortcuts for just about yes. everything that it could do. 
Um, I, I remember that. Really, I got really into hacking that for a little while, and then it, and then Safari came out with like the actual plugin architecture. Yeah. Um, and I never updated it for that, so it kind of died. But <laughs> it was fun. Okay, so mine, and I think we've already talked about this one, and I apologize. I'm, and I've, I've taken this as an action item for myself. I talked about it before, but I've actually literally now taken this as an action item, which means it will get done, because um, <laughs> I'm putting it on like my my work stuff to do to actually create a um, repository for Woo-hoo. us so that we can have a list of all these things and a website for all of you to go to. Um, awesome. I think we've talked about this before, but I'm going to mention it again because uh, I take so many, I take so many goddamn screenshots. Like no matter what I do in my life, I can't ever get away from the fact that I take so many fucking screenshots. Yeah. And clean shot X. Yeah. Really this is, deserves to be repeated as many. It does. I was hoping that's what you were going to say. It does. It does. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I've used every screenshot tool, and I still like um, Drop Share. Uh, and, and I, I, I still appreciate like what would, would they do? Um, I used to be, what was it called? It was all uh, cloud, uh, Dropler. Uh, no, it was before Dropler. It was, uh, it was like uh, cloudly is cld.ly yeah. was, was the short URL, but you could have a customized one too. And I paid for cloud. them. Um, and I paid for them for a long time. Um, and then they kept raising their prices and then were really, like a aggro about trying to get me to like to you know like um i still pay business accounts and stuff um and uh i stopped paying for for those things i did pay like i bought a drop share license before it was part of setup but uh both drop share and um um uh, cloud shot x are in setup and the setup version um this is also a free plug for setup uh gives you access to the um hosted version which includes custom domain support, which yeah. this was one of my favorite feelings of, of CloudShare. Maybe that's what it was called, CloudShare, uh, was that you could, like I had a short URL that I used and I could automatically upload my you know screenshots to that, have my short URL, would automatically go at like a keyboard shortcut, automatically you know, go to my clipboard. I could upload zip files and other things. It was great. DropShare is a, is a really good kind of drop and replacement for that. But CloudShot, in terms of both creating videos screenshot? and screenshots, CleanShot, sorry, yeah. CleanShot X, sorry, want to be clear, CleanShot X um, for creating screenshots uh, of all types, matted with stuff behind them, doing annotations, sketch style, scrolling, videos, scrolling, scrolling, capturing the just page. the text. Yes, capturing <laughs> just the, like it's it's just Amazing. such a good app that I. It's one of those things. Um, I I still have some of the actual screenshot tools mapped to some of my shortcuts, but for some of the other ones, I've just full on mapped it to um, CloudShot X. Like why do anything else? It's so good. Yeah. The only reason I don't have a command shift four tied to it is because I don't always want to have Mm. a background Mm. on it. And there's not a granular way for me with just like a hotkey to say, add a desktop background or have this you be, should make that you know, feature request because every time they release an update it adds something um, i will make that feature request that's it a adds point. like a vital feature that i hadn't even realized i wanted every time yeah, i read I the release that, notes i'm like oh shit else. yeah that's awesome yeah if i had that ability to be able to like with a with a you know hot key um toggle on or off the padding because some the padding is oftentimes really really great yeah but i don't always want that yeah um if i could get out of that that would be perfect so yeah uh um uh 
Clean Shot X is just such a good app, whether you get it set up or, or get it, you know, as a one-time purchase. I think it's just yeah. if you take screenshots or screen capturing at all, you have you have to use just it. Just as far as an elegant Mac app goes, it is the best app that I have seen in the last few years. Um, just one that does its one thing so well that like you're just constantly pleased. Oh, it can do that. Oh, it can do that. Oh, it does that in a way that's so much smoother than I would have done it if I had written this. Um, just constantly makes me smile. I love clean shots. And the preferences, yeah. which I'm going through now for the first time in a while, are insane. Like yeah. how you can customize this. I want to say the very simple thing, the first thing I loved about clean shot, which probably isn't totally unique, but I hate when I would take a screenshot with the system screenshotter and then I would be like, the clock is ticking. It's going to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> and this one will just let them stack up. So if yep. you're just doing a bunch of them, you want to deal with it later. They're just stacking up and floating yep. there for you. Beautiful. And you can go through and like choose the. So you took an errant screenshot. You just yeah. hit the X and it's gone. You don't yeah. have to delete the file. You don't have to. Because I take one errant screenshot for every actual screenshot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. we all do. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Good talk. Well, folks. Um, I'm sorry about the extra editing that Jeff had to do before you all got to this perfectly polished point in the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Good to see y'all. Good to talk. Good to see you. Good to, good to talk with both of you. Yeah. Get some I sleep. Think, I think you should get some sleep. Get some sleep. Cooking bear! <laughs> the system is going down low.